Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about established and strong. We're going to be taking a look at this passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, where it says that Rehoboam, who is Solomon's son, when he becomes king, he said he became established as the king, he became established and he became strong. But then when he became strong, he and the people abandoned God. They forgot about God. And then they ran into a bunch of problems. Eventually, he humbles himself and repents. But I think there's this pattern in Scripture. If you look all through the Old Testament, you'll see this pattern in Scripture where you got to get established and then you got to get strong. And it happens in that order. Now, for us in the New Covenant, I believe we have to get this new covenant established in our hearts. And then we got to strengthen it. We got to grow strong in it. But then we got to be careful. Once we grow strong in it, be careful not to abandon the Lord, not to get complacent. Because Jesus tells us to worship the Lord our God with all of our strength, to use that strength that God has given us to worship our God. So we're going to be taking communion over this today. Asking for God if we're not established and strong to help us get to that place of established and strong. And then we're asking for his help to help us to worship him and to praise him with our strength, the way that he designed us to, the way that he intended us to. So we're going to be taking communion over that today. But why are we even taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. Was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And the business started out great, but then I got into some tough times. Having some months where my business losing thousands of dollars in a month. I've got the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to live. And shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. I had been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? But the book of Proverbs tells us that wisdom and understanding, knowledge, those are the principal things. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for every area of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way of living, a completely different way to operate my life. And I just began to document what he was taking me through recording my journey with him as he taught me just this, how to make him the source, how to make them the center of everything. As I was recording my journey, it just turned into this series of books and courses. And now we have partners in a program we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe daily communion is the most important thing. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. 
has the ability to create, to create a turning point, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. And there's something just so powerful about remembering and not forgetting, especially when we have issues and problems in life. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says, every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through for us. But I think it's also important to remember what his sacrifice means for us, how he connects us back to God, gives us his new covenant with God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez, found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves, because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, and they die early because they don't examine or judge themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we usually do a little section talking about some physical workout tips because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. And thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? 
Because when it all comes down to it, it's always called today. And we've got to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of our life. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. And that's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some energy and some fun into them today. So our first fundamental. Well, before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages and a process they went through. And in a similar way, for us to step into the inheritance and the promises that God has for us in Christ, I think there's a process. There's steps and stages along our journey. We've got to get established. We've got to get strong. And then we've got to use that strength to worship God, to honor him with our strength, the strength that comes from him. So to go through this process, I think very simply, it starts with believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And this being willing to move forward with his plan. Having that faith and trust to just move forward with him rather than going back to the way things used to be. And then we've got to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living where we rest and we trust in him. We make him the source of everything, of everything. And we allow him to go to work, to beautify our lives, to allow his plan to unfold in his perfect timing. So our first fundamental, how are we going to do all this? It starts with these fundamentals, I believe. Our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day, we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And I think it starts with humility. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? You've got to humble yourself like this little child. It's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Just taking a more humble approach to today. Kind and gentle, willing to learn, open to change. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle. Walking in forgiveness with other people. And we're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long, is to stay positioned in gratitude and praise. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ, and God has taken everything that he has, and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get access to God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, fellowship with God, fellowship with people, his mind and wisdom, purpose and grace. There's health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received. But then we got to learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world, where we see the fruit or the result of it, where we're walking in it in our lives. So our first step is to get in position. Our second fundamental is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get through magnifying the light. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established. Established is one of our key words today. It's going to get this new covenant established. We get established through repetition, I believe. 
We get established through repetition and focus. And to magnify the light, how are we going to do it? We've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side of this balancing scale is a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side is a basket full of our praises to God, praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done. Which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our focus, our words, our attention, our meditation? Which basket are we going to fill up throughout the day? To magnify the light, we can magnify God's word, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works that nothing's impossible with him. We can magnify every good thing that he's done for us in Christ, looking back at all that he's already done in our lives, because what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. Rather, it's choosing to put our focus on the other basket, because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. So we're going to put our focus on him. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, filling up that other basket by venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away in our mind trying to figure it all out, rather than resting and trusting in him. And that's where we need to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. There might be the tendency to retaliate at other people, withhold good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment, isolate ourselves. There's a lack of fellowship with God, lack of fellowship with people. On the inside, there's this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. There might be feelings of hopelessness or helplessness or powerlessness like you're trapped or you're stuck, and all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios, reliving bad things from the past. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a pattern. And we can get stuck in these vicious cycles that seem to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, There's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now all those good things he put within us begin to flow. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And the peace and the joy and the love and the spirit and the power and all those good things just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. We could be totally off track. We could be totally missing it. But get right back in position in two seconds. Just takes a second to get right back in position again, to turn things around. How do we do it? Number one, I think it takes getting more present, getting aware of what's going on. And then we turn it around. We humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. We walk in forgiveness with other people. And then we start praising and magnifying him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. 
And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned in today. Every day God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. But we've got to stay tuned in to him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And one of the most important keys, what I like to start my journal with at the top is what we call some filters. These filters help me stay in rhythm with God, to stay in step with God. And staying in rhythm with him. Rhythm is one of the greatest keys to stay in tune into him, I believe. In the Old Testament, the temple had a rhythm. There were things that needed to be done every day, every week, every month, and on the yearly cycle of feasts. Well, our bodies are God's temple now. And installing his rhythms into our life is one of the greatest ways to stay tuned into him. And so the way I like to do that is with these filters at the top of my journal. I like to start with what's the big picture vision? Where do I feel like God's leading me in my life? So for me personally, that's abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. Underneath that, I, I go down to what's, what's God up to this year? What do I feel like is the vision and direction he gave me for this year? So for me, for this year is 2022. The word I felt like God gave me for this year, 2022, 2022, the year of the beautiful land. So I write that underneath my, as my second filter. Then I have a monthly filter, which usually comes from our monthly message for the month in the Abundant Life Blueprint. This month, it's confidence through praise. It's a reminder for me to keep praising God, to keep filling up that basket of praise, because it's through praise that we grow more confident. And confidence in him is a big deal. And then underneath that, we have a weekly filter. This usually comes from our weekly, yearly cycle updates. For example, this week it says embrace challenges. When challenges come our way, it's embracing them because we trust that God's grace is sufficient for them. So I like to start with those filters at the top. Keep things top of mind. Keep me navigating in the right direction. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify, what went well today? What are all the ways that I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question, God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and reflect back on the day and whatever comes into my mind. Begin to write those things down. And then we're going to stay tuned into him throughout the day as we navigate throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take a couple minutes. Just slow down. Think of it like plugging in the phone. You're going to get powered back up in him again. And then the final thing I've learned to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I usually write this fifth filter at the end of my journal. Today, this day, today, I want to be doing what's right and best in God's eyes and doing it with peace and joy and confidence in him. And then I plan out the upcoming day. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God, toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was getting behind God because I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with what do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle. That the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I start my days this way now. The very first words out of my mouth. Let there be light. 
And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with God. We start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. That he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our life. Make things happen in our life that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today. I was just reading this passage of scripture the other night. It just reminded me of becoming established and strong. First Chronicles, or I think it might be Second Chronicles even, chapter 12, verse 1. This is about Rehoboam, who is Solomon's son. So you had David, his son Solomon becomes king. And then after Solomon dies, Rehoboam, who is Solomon's son, becomes king. It says, after Rehoboam's position as king was established, and he had become strong, he and all Israel with him abandoned the law of the Lord. And then after they abandoned God, they begin to get attacked. Eventually, they humble themselves and they turn back to God. But we see here this progression. You see this all throughout the Old Testament. That people had to become established and then they had to become strong. But often we see in the Old Testament that when people became strong, they turned away from God. They became complacent. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God with our strength. God wants to take us through this progression, I believe. Where we get established in this new covenant. We become strong and functioning in it. He wants to make us both established and strong. And there's a progression to that. Just like we talk about in our journey with God. There's steps and stages and progressions along the way. Part of that progression to get established first. And then to become strong. But then once we become strong, we got to be careful not to become complacent. We got to worship and love the Lord our God with all of our strength, to use that strength He's given us to honor Him. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. First of all, to help us become strong, to become established and strong. To help us become established and strong. We're asking for your help with that. And then we're asking for your help to help us to love you with all of our strength the way that you designed us to, the way you intended us to function in life, to love us with all of our strength, with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, all of our mind, to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're asking for your help with that today. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread. He said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember, God sent us his one and only son out of his great love for us. To redeem us, to forgive us of our sins, connect us back to him. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself, even unto death on a cross. And God pours the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. All of his anger and frustration with the sins of humanity poured onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. He's resurrected. Talk about the turning point for all of humanity. 
Jesus went to the lowest of lows, but then he's it's turned around. He's resurrected. He's raised from the dead. And not only that, he's raised up and seated in heavenly places at God's right hand. And then he took that same resurrection power, that same spirit and power that raised him from the dead, and he put it on the inside of us. He raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at God's right hand. He connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in his sight. All through his one sacrifice. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. So after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And it's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness, transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of God's dear son. He's our Lord. He's our king. He's a great king. Because he serves his people. He makes us great. His blood gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath. That God is with us and for us. Working for our good. He's fighting for us. And from this point on in our lives. We're going to grow established and strong in this new covenant. And use that strength to love the Lord our God. So Father we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right, health and fitness. I think we go through a similar progression in our health and fitness. First, let's get the consistency of our workouts. Let's get established in that. We'll become consistent, become established in working out as part of our life every day. And then we're going to grow stronger. And I think one of the most important goals of fitness is to get stronger. People get into all kinds of other things, focusing on other, all kinds of other things. But when you get stronger, it makes everything else easier. Allows you to cruise at a higher level. So make it a focus. Make it a priority to grow in strength. Because it makes everything else easier. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.